Hi, my name is Dave. I'm part of the leadership team here at DCC. Thank you so much for listening to A Church in the City podcast. And we hope that you enjoy this message and that it enriches and encourages you today and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Happy anniversary. The 20th Saturday yesterday was my 18th wedding anniversary. Literally, hands down, no question about it, second best thing I ever did in my entire life. Second best thing I ever did in my entire life. Jesus was the first, right? Saying yes to Jesus, anybody come on? I feel like, man, are you guys here? I mean, you were here like we were singing together, we was excited, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Kevin, oh, never mind. Let's all just look at our phones. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, get off Facebook. Okay, listen, so this morning is ish, roughly, I'm going to say about 10 years on the dot of the first day that we had a Sunday service at DCC. So that's pretty cool. 10 years, eh? It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty excited. Pretty excited about the last 10 years. Um, We're a little dinged up, uh, some bumps and bruises, but you know, the Lord is good and man, he has brought us through and I'm really excited um, for what he has for us in, in this next season. Um, I, uh, well, I'll start like this. Three boys were on a playground bragging about their dads. Three boys. You know, young boys do that. My dad could be up your dad type of thing, right? Three boys are on a playground. They're bragging on their dads. And the first boy says, My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a poem, and they give him 50 bucks. Second boy says, that's nothing. That's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a song, and they give him $100. Third boy says, heck, I got you both beat. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to collect all the money. (laughs) Did we take up the offering yet? (laughs) On my dad's 70th birthday, we were at uh, Salvatore's Pizza here just, just up the street. And I said, Dad, you know, you're 70. You can now really tell people what you actually think. That's the rule, right? 70, you take the filter off. Now how it works. Is anybody here over 70 that can vouch for that? Okay, Norma, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. At 70, it's like, okay, I can really. And he turns to his buddy David. It was really funny because David's been 70 here for, I don't know, a year or so. Turns to David. David says, did you know about that? Or he says to David, did you know about that? David's real quiet kind of guy. He goes, just like that. Anyway, so 70, you can tell people what you really think. So I figure that church operates in dog years. Seven years for every one year. Are you with me? Because seven is the perfect number. It's God's number, right? It's the number of perfection. So church being as perfect as it is, right? This is a perfect place full of perfect people. Pause for laughter. All right. 
then we've really been doing this for 70 years, so I can finally tell you what I think. Is that okay? All right. First of all, I want to tell you how much I love you. I never, ever dreamed. I never, ever dreamed that downtown Christian church would be as beautiful as it is. The things that God has done among us, it just floors me. Every time I'm amongst you amazing people and I watch people operate in their gifts and step out in faith and and do things that are scary and sometimes weird and uncomfortable, I am just humbled. I am humbled over and over and over and over at what God has done among us. I'm so honored, and I know I can speak for Jamie, and when we literally, August 12th and 2012, we signed the papers and notarized everything to officially make DCC a thing. And then we started having Sunday night services um, pretty quick after that. And there were six of us and my kids. And my kids did all the setup and tear down. And they'll tell you that they built the church on their own blood, sweat, and tears. Ask them, seriously. After service, go ahead and ask them. They'll tell you. Are they back there clapping? I think I heard them clapping. So that's what I think of, of DCC. I think a lot of other things, and, and I'm really, really excited what the Lord is bringing us into in the next season of things and, and what's going to happen and what he has for us. New buildings, new territory, new things, new ministries, new opportunities, um, people getting healed, people getting set free, people getting set on fire, um, unleashing a movement of passionate Jesus followers all over the city of Grand Rapids and beyond, and all the other cool things that God has for us. I can't wait to see it. But I want to talk today just a little bit, and I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm going to be really honest. And so again, I'm set... We're talking about being 70, right? So I can tell you what I think. I don't have to use my filter this morning. Um, I'm going to read this. I wrote this yesterday. And hopefully this will kind of pave the, the path for, for our talk this morning and, and next week as well. And the, the, the title of this next couple of weeks is A Little Leaven. And I had this whole really um, cool... Uh, structure for this message all planned out. You know, this week we're going to talk about the leaven of the Pharisees and and how that, you know, can affect your life if you let it in. And next week we're going to talk about the leaven of the Sadducees. And I did all this research and I I did all this study and I had all these notes. And then yesterday the whole thing just fell apart. Because I was in this meeting with all these really, really great and amazing people and the Lord just lit the whole place up and people are laying hands on each other and people are getting healed and and it was just amazing the whole group I mean is just prophesying over each other and over DCC and the whole thing was just tremendous and I just went God this American Christianity has got to stop So I wrote this, don't get offended, I'm not talking to you, or if I am, then maybe you can get convicted. Take it up with Jesus. Friends, listen, in America, 
we have a Christianity of our own making that frankly seems to be somewhat divergent from what we see in the New Testament record of the early church. It is a version of the gospel that won't ever make anyone uncomfortable. A version of the good news so palatable and sometimes imperceivable that we Christians are often mistaken for the world around us. And the differences between us and those who reject Jesus Christ is all but unnoticeable. Because God forbid, if we were to talk like Jesus actually talked and walk like Jesus actually walked, some folks may have the opportunity to be offended with us. Just like they were with him. And let's be honest, what would that do to our Google ratings? And what would Facebook say? So here in America, we have a version of Christianity where, for example, you don't have to get baptized when you believe if you don't want to. And in fact, that's just an example. Now, don't get up in your head, oh, brother, you're preaching works. Listen, follow, stick with me. Don't get offended with me just yet. Just wait, wait till I get to the punchline, then you can get offended. If you get offended, talk to Chris. <laughs> See, here in America, we have a version of Christianity where, for example, we don't have to get baptized when we believe if we don't want to. And in fact, it's permissible to ignore most of Scripture such that we don't really have to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ at all. We don't have to be involved in Christian community or give or pray or fast or read the scriptures. We don't have to. We don't have to share the gospel with those around us or heaven forbid, lay hands on the sick if that makes us or them uncomfortable. We get to pick. It's up to us. Because by God, we're Americans. I call it country club Christianity. It's Christianity that's made to make you feel comfortable. It's Christianity that's made to make you more successful. It's Christianity that's made to give you a better network. There's this guy I really, really like. He passed on now. Certain he's in the great cloud of witnesses somewhere. His name's Brennan Manning. He wrote a lot of books. The dude was a just utter, complete mess in a lot of ways. And if you read his autobiography, you'd know that he would agree with that statement. But he said a lot of really tremendous and amazing things about the love of God and the grace of God. In one book that he wrote, I really, really like a lot. It's called The Furious Longing of God. 
And in the furious longing of God, Brandon Manning says this. He says, the gospel is absurd and the life of Jesus is meaningless unless we believe that he lived, died, and rose again with but one purpose in mind, to make brand new creations. Not people with better morals or people who are more successful or people who are nicer or more upstanding citizens, but to create a community of prophets and professional lovers, men and women who would surrender to the mystery of the fire of the spirit that burns within, who would live in ever greater fidelity to the omnipresent word of God, who would enter into the center of it all, the very heart and mystery of Christ, into the center of the flame that consumes, purifies, and sets everything aglow with peace, joy, boldness, and extravagant, furious love. This, my friend, is what it really means to be a Christian. A little leaven. Paul said in Galatians, he wrote to the, the church of, of, of Galatia and, and, and was basically saying in the beginning of chapter five, and you read the whole book, it's a tremendous um, letter full of deep truth, but he says, you were, you were running so well. You were doing so well. You had grabbed hold so well. He says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Come on. Come on. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? See, there's one we don't like, that word, obedience. So the truth is something that we need to obey, which means the truth is something that exists outside of us. It's greater than us and has an authority over us. The truth is Jesus, right? And so we have to submit to that truth and not only submit to it, obey it. This is not a concept that Americans want to hear right now. Okay, I'm not picking, I lo, listen, I'm a patriot, okay? So don't get me wrong, I'm not dogging on America. America, I love it. Put some rounds through my AR the other day. It was a good, good time. Uh, salute the flag. I mean, hey, listen, so don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you, I am seeing, and I know a lot of others that are as well, seeing a brand of Christianity in America that we have to do something about. We have to do something about it. Okay, I, I, I just can't sit idly by. And, and, and at times, at times I'm a participator and that's even worse. Not only am I not an influencer in the right direction, I'm, an, I'm a participator in the wrong one. And God constantly rebukes me and pulls me up short and his loving kindness is constantly re leading me to repentance. I told Jamie last night, I, I'm undone. I'm a selfish, selfish, selfish man. I'm so humbled and so just undone at the kindness of God and the mercy of God and what he continues to do in our midst. In spite of all of our shortcomings, in spite of our humanity, in spite of our mistakes and our missteps. And not only in spite of, but he takes our mistakes and our missteps and he redeems them and he brings about beauty for ashes. Amen. 
And it's amazing to me, and it's staggering. And I can't but stand in awe and just say, Lord, I'm undone. A little leaven. Paul went on to say, he said, you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. And he's talking about the fact, and we'll just back up a little bit. He's talking about the fact that, that they had been brought into Christ, the gospel of grace, and, and that others had come in and basically convinced the church in Galatia that they needed to submit to Jesus as Lord and follow certain Old Testament traditions, circumcision being one of them. And that was the big one that he, that he talks about. He says this persuasion, this idea, this, I, this idea, this theology, this, this doctrine did not come from him who calls you a little leaven, leavens, the whole lump of dough. A little leaven, a small idea, a little compromise. Friends, when I talk about the fact that, you know, we have this, we see this version of Christianity around us that we don't have to pray and we don't have to fast and we don't have to read the word. We don't, have to script, we don't have to give. We don't have to do all this stuff. Again, I am not suggesting that the sum of who you are as a child of God is a sum of your works. The sum of who you are in Christ is the sum of who Christ is and the sum of who he's called you to be by his grace, period. Add nothing to it, take nothing away from it. It's done. That's right. But in that life, in that life of sonship, in that life of walking it out, in that life of discipleship, in that life of journeying with Jesus, there are things that we're called to do. We're called to be sacrificial people in this world. We're called to give of ourselves. We're called to be broken bread and poured out wine for this generation. We're called to give of ourselves for this city. We're called to give of ourselves for our families, for our friends, for our coworkers, for the people that we don't even know and don't know their names. Sorry, guys. I know that sun shivers up your spine. Leaven is defined as a substance, typically yeast, that is used in dough to make it rise. And as we may or may not know, it only takes a small amount of leaven to affect a whole batch and change it forever. Leaven, as a change agent, is insidious in that it may seem small and harmless, but it permeates everything in its path, affecting it and transforming it. 
The word leaven is often used to describe something or someone that has a pervasive influence that modifies someone or something. A person, an institution, an organization, a city, a culture. This term is used in the scriptures more often in a negative sense to describe people, ideas, theology, and doctrines that like actual leaven or yeast cause persistent change. For us, as Jesus followers and as children of God, leaven starts from the outside and it seeks to invade our core. Many times it starts with a thought, a simple thought planted. A simple idea sown. A simple thought, a simple idea, not taken captive to the obedience of Christ. Not submitted properly to the lordship of who Jesus is and what he says. And for many of us, I know for myself, I've been in this constant battle and sometimes it seems like I'm losing. This constant battle, I know it's funny, I, I'm such a broken record. I only seem, seems like a, I only ever talk about identity, you know? And um, I said that to somebody one time. I loved the response. Man, I feel like I only ever talk about identity and the person's response to me, maybe it was you, sir, I don't remember. Somebody said to me, they said, broken record, play on. I said, okay, all right. All right, broken record, play on. Because apparently we need to continue to hear this. And for me, I'm telling you, it is a constant battle in my soul where there's these ideas that are like, you know, you're, that, that just conflict what I know that God says about me. Conflict what I know that God says about who I am. What I know that God says about what I'm called to do and called to walk out. What I know that God says about DCC and about you know, our business, AMS, and about all of this stuff, about my family, about, there's constantly a battle and a war. And if I do not stand vigilant, come on, come on, that's right. And I do not say no, when those thoughts try to gain ground and I do not properly submit them to the obedience of Christ, that little leaven will leaven the whole lump. You're running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? When God found Adam and Eve in the garden after they had eaten the fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, Adam, where are you? And uh, Adam seemingly reluctantly comes out from the bushes, says we head because... We were naked. He said, who told you that you were naked? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? A little leaven leavens the whole lump.
My friend Jonathan reminded me of this last night when we were talking. And um, this is in the book of Revelation. In what we refer to as uh, the seven letters to the churches. Chapter 2, verse 12, it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, The one who has the sharp, two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold firmly to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you because you have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So you too have some who in the same way hold true to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will wage war against them with the sword of my mouth. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here's a church, right? And we won't get into the history of it and the imperial cult of Roman emperors and all of that sort of stuff and the background of meat sacrifice to idols, but that's what he's talking about. And the doctrine of some in the church who, who practiced rampant sexual immorality because they had rejected the idea that that ritual, uh, basically like ritual um, sex was an Old Testament thing and since we were under grace, it was totally good. It was messed up stuff. Messed up stuff. A lot of the same kind of stuff we see around here. I don't mean inside these four walls. I just mean around here in general, right? Messed up stuff. And the message to the church is, you better do something about that. You better get that leaven. Get it out. You better take care of that. And I'll tell you that over the last few weeks, I have been very, very, very convicted not because of what I allow through participation, but because of what I allow through lack of action. See, we can say, well, I don't participate in that. Well, apparently neither did most of the people in this church. He said there are some among you that are involved in this shenanigans. Not all. He said, hey, for the most part, I'm pretty good with you, but I have a few things against you, and here's what they are. See, again, we can all look around. We can say to ourselves, hey, I don't participate in 
this kind of leaven. I don't participate in this socially acceptable gospel. I don't participate in all of this stuff, all of this watered down country club bull crap. Is that okay? I think that's okay. That's still PG. Okay. Um, But what we allow through lack of action is just as bad as allowing something through participation. So what do we do about this leaven in our own church? And when I say church, I mean church with the capital C, the American church. What do we do when our brothers and our sisters around us are like, hey man, yeah, no, this is all good. It's all cool. It's all fine. Do we look at them and say, hey, that kind of sounds a lot like the leaven of the Nicolaitans. You familiar with those guys? Listen, we're getting ready in a few weeks to start a new series in the fall, our, our fall series, our fall teaching series is going to be titled The Church on Fire. Why is it going to be titled The Church on Fire? Well, because frankly, okay, the guy that schedules the pulpit I won't name him. He gets kind of lazy in the summer. Okay? And so most of the time at DCC, what we do in the summer is called Taster's Choice, which means that whoever slotted to teach on a Sunday pretty much gets to just share whatever the Lord's put on their heart to share. Right? So they get to, get to share pretty much whatever the Lord's put on their heart to share. And so we do that most of the summer. But what's been remarkable to me this summer is what the commonality, the commonality between what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us on Sunday mornings and doing in, in, kind of in the pulpit and not just here, in so many others that we've been talking to, other churches that we are in community with, other church leaders, other you know, people in Christian community, just what God is doing. And, and I feel like the Lord has been saying, and we feel like the Lord has been saying, okay, it's time to, it, it's, you know, okay, we heard a word a couple of years ago, come out of lukewarm, right? Okay, well, what does it look like to continue to allow him to set us ablaze and set us afire and continue to unleash this movement? of passion in Jesus followers on the city of Grand Rapids and on the world around us. What does that really look like? And I'm telling you, one of the things that's going to be really important in that is that we look at our own lives. We look at our own hearts and we ask the Lord, Lord, show me the leaven. Show me the leaven. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's not a scary thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be walking hand in hand with Jesus and you get to this point, he goes, hey, let's put that down because it's not for you anymore. Okay, it was fine in the last season. That was fine. We we allowed it. That's that's all good. We're going to put it down now and and we're not going to pick that back up. That's a good thing. That's called transformation. That's called glory to glory, right? That's called being a disciple. That's called being a learner right? It's good. So don't be afraid. And so what I'm trying to say this morning is let's take some time. And I'll pick this back up again next week. And hopefully I'll be even more offensive then than I was this week because you don't all seem, nobody left. So this wasn't have been that, it must not have been that bad. 
So, or you're getting ready to leave and you just felt awkward getting up. But listen, here's the thing, right? So ask the Lord, Lord, where is the leaven? Where's the leaven? And what do I do about it? And let's be careful, right? We're called to love. We're not called to judge. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers, right? So when we do spot the leaven, it's not about the person, right? When we do spot the teaching of the Nicolaitans, it's not about the people that are perpetrating those doctrines and those, and those theologies. It's about it's about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and saying, yes, Lord, I want the pure gospel. Yeah. I want the pure gospel. Yeah. I want the pure gospel. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Church in the City podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and share the episode with a friend as we are fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Thank you again. See you Wednesday for our midweek podcast.